Leading off with a big story of the day, here's The Drive. What are we like? Well, you get different looks. So you, you get used to your own team, your own defense, your own offense, and you get a whole new set of formations, defensive fronts. Um, obviously, you, you get um, a whole new set of players that do things differently. Um, so, you know, in a game, you're going to get things that maybe you haven't covered. And, and, you know, today I'm sure we're going to look at plays both sides of the ball that, um, that we haven't seen because either our offense doesn't run them or our defense doesn't play it. Sean Payton talking about the joint practice today, a hot one out there at Dove Valley. Oh, my goodness gracious. D-Mac with Nate Jackson. KJ, look at Drew looking resplendent. Just fired up for this. Fired up. Cecil Lammy earlier, y'all. Abs and Jonathan Taylor news, both interesting and then kind of frustrating at the same time. And nosing around the league, and what's funny yesterday, I'm off. I'm at the top of the Manitou incline. I actually- Whoa, time out! I didn't know you could drive to the top of the Manitou incline. Is, is Cecil claiming that he hiked to the top of the Man- Manitou incline? Kind of sounds like it. And he's doing business at the top of the Manitou. He's getting texts from GMs at the top. Well, that's where you got to go. We made it. Took an hour and a half or so. Oh, good for you. Um, Phone's buzzing. It's GMs. It's people around the league. And because I've been inquiring, I've been checking around. Like, who's interested in Jonathan Taylor? There's two teams that I'm told are the most interested. One is the Miami Dolphins because of their interest in Dalvin Cook. And the Broncos' interest in Dalvin Cook was also larger than they were letting on or anyone really knows. Um, the Denver Broncos are the second team. Wow. 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 Breaking news from our guy Cecil the Diesel from the top of the Manitou incline. He was uh, reporting that with a chipmunk nearby. Hunting for, hunting for a nut. Cecil's hunting for a nut of information. Man, how did you get down from the? There's two options to going down. You know that, right? What are they? Well, you can go down. It's down. Then you can take the trail. Mm. Bar, bar trail. Have, bar you, trail. have you been to the top? I have, but I did not hear from GMs when I got up there. Well, I heard from my wife when she was like, what are we doing? Like, I don't know. This is Maybe this is stupid. But no, we enjoyed our day going up the top. You, you've not done the Manitou Incline. I've not. <laughs> well, that would be right up your fitness alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd yeah. be a good day. I think the I think your wifey is uh, capable of. Uh, she might not be that interested in that, but eh, would, maybe. You, would you strap Junior on your back and uh, that would be rough. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> how how far is it? Uh it's like seventeen hundred steep stairs or something. Like okay, that. there's a whole history. Yeah, whole thing with the man to incline. What is it? Oh my god! Hey, we, uh, <laughs> Come on, take me, take me there, take me there. This is a Colorado Springs thing. Cool. It's a fun day, man. Two man two Springs. Yeah, I got to check it out. Well, Cecil's hearing at the top of the incline that uh, Jonathan Taylor, maybe uh, Broncos are interested in him. So, all right. I mean, cool. That'd be great. I, I, would you want Jonathan Taylor here? No, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. No. I like our running back room, actually. Not interested. I am not interested. Why are you not interested in Jonathan Taylor? Like I said, I like the running back room. I heard James <laughs> Merrillat saying that he thinks this is the worst running back room in the league. And that we're seeing things through, you know, Broncos colored glasses. Now, how would he really know all the other running back rooms in the league? He knows. Has man. he done a deep dive deep into that? The deepest. Has he just, you know, looked deeply into the Buffalo running back room? Has he just laid eyes on the uh, on the Chargers running back room? He, he's got it all down, huh? Apparently. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's that's amazing. 
But for everybody who's been out there watching and, and has seen Javante Williams' um, health, which was a concern or a question mark, and it seems to be in, in, in better shape than we thought, he looks pretty good. Samaji P. Ryan looks good. To me, he looks good. He was good last year. He's been good his whole career, but he's been a one-two punch guy. He's never been uh, the lead back. He came here because he wants to give, be given that opportunity, whether he will or not. Time will tell. But then, uh, obviously, with the emergence of Jaleel McLaughlin, that's someone you weren't expecting. Right. Those three guys, I think, I, I wouldn't go there. I think I want to see what these guys have. Would you start Jaleel McLaughlin? No. Why? Well, because he's a change of pace back. He's a, you know, he's a he's an undersized back that you'd have to kind of create special opportunities for. For example, if you want to keep him in, and if there's a max blitz situation, he has to stay in and protect. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be able to hold up against the blitz? No, not even close. Right. So that's why. And he's also a rookie, and you got to kind of earn your thing here. But um, but Fair I enough. but I like what he's done, and I think he should be on the team. Broncos carry the ball 28 times, say in a game. Split up the the carries for me, ideally. 28 Ish. carries? 28 carries. Oh, that's what they had. Isn't that something what they had in the last game? Yeah, I like, I like, like, uh, I like, like, 11, 11, and, uh, 7. 11, 11, and 6. 11, 11, and 6? Yeah, so 11 for Javante, 11 for Samaje Piran. Yeah. And 6 for Jaleel. You're forgetting somebody. Who? Oh, Russ? You got to throw in your guy, Russ. Yeah, but not not dialed up run plays. I mean, he's going to take off. Those are actually pass plays. And they, yeah, but they count. They're drop back passes. They count. They count in your their play. They count for your rushing yards, but those are not rushing attempts, are they? Uh, they do count as rushing attempts, as a matter of facto. They had 25 in the game against the Niners. They had 30 passes. But how many of those passes were a little like hink-a-dink-a-dink-a-dunk-a-dink-duke? Well, that's what the NFL is, man. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. But, like, you know, I, I, of course I know how many were like that because you just look at receiving and you see, for example, uh, we got uh, Jaleel McLaughlin had two targets. What else we got here for running backs? Javante Williams had five targets at seven. So if you're 30 passes, seven, let's see if there's anybody else, seven went to running backs. Yeah. Out of 30. Yeah. So I don't know if you can count those. I mean, because they're really not down the field all that much. You're not going to count those? Um, what well, about- I want to I categorize them because they're not moving the ball down the field. It's just a little dink, a little dunk, a little screen, a little this, a little that. What are you categorizing them as? Little dink, little dunk, little screen, little this, little that? I'm is thinking that, that's, that the that's, they're in? that's kind of like a running play. It's, it's virtually... A running play. It's not, but it's not a running play. So, I, I got it, but we got. But two that's what targets football is. That's what West Coast offense is. It's using the short pass game as a form of the run game. No problem. Okay, I think this is the way to go. Okay, I'm I'm all for it. Okay, but I just want to point out when you have 25 carries and 30 right, passes, right. I'm I'm just saying. Let's be fair. Quite a few seven of those passes were a little dink, little dunk. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Okay. I'm just saying. It's virtually part of your running game. Yes. Not only did you run the ball, but you also involved your backs in the passing game, which I think is smart, and I think they're going to do a lot of. I don't know if you need a $40 million quarterback to do that, but I think it's a very effective way to use what you what you have right in front of you. Mm. So I'm all for it. Okay. I'm, all, I'm all good. How many? So what are you saying? You want to see more down the field. You want to see more intermediate stuff. You want to see... Russ cooking? I want to see scoring. Oh, touchdowns. You like those? I like those. Okay. I like those a lot. Not a lot of those today. No, there's not probably going to be a lot during the regular season, too. You don't think? I think you're going to have to figure out how to win 
games averaging 20.6 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year was what, 16.7? Last place in the league, baby. What was it, guys? 16.9? What, what did the Broncos average last year? 16-something. Yeah. Last in the league. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say a four-point average pickup is probably all right. It's better. It's got to be more than that. Wow. Okay, what do you think? 21, man. Point three. I don't know if I can get off my point six. I don't know. 16.9. 169. 16.9. Gosh, could they get to 20.9? Four more points. All right, if you had 28 carries, let's just have some fun with this. 28 carries, theoretically. Let's go. Who? Who? How many runs we got? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 11, 11, and Ele- 6. 11 for J-Will. Yep. 11 for Ryan. I want them splitting carries, man. Especially in the beginning of the season. Because Samaj Piran is a healthy wait, one. Wait, wait, so, so, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, you got no runs for Russ? Oh, okay. We're doing that. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Okay, so. Because he's going to run the ball. All right, so 10, 10, 4 for Jaleel, and then 4 for Russ. Okay. Just four for Jaleel, huh? Yeah, right off the bat. What do you, what, how do you want to use him? I'm not sure, but I think he's the most dynamic runner you have right now. Well, let, I think he's the most, but you can, you can throw him the ball as well. Yeah. Maybe I should ask you how many touches then. Maybe that's a, a better question. Are we, are we just going to get the ball? You want to, you want to get some screen passes to those guys, Jaleel as well. By the way, yeah. a lot of screens today. Yeah. A lot of screen passes. So yeah. that's that's kind of whether they were trying to work on these, like, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to do some screens today situationally or not. I, it's hard to tell, but it seemed like that was kind of part of what they were doing today. Uh, and an inordinate amount or n- number of screens out there today. I think you're going to see that a lot. I think uh, it's going to be – see, this is this is where you run into a serious problem with Jerry Judy. Does he have the focus to run route after route after route after route and just not see the ball? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I remember talking to Michael Porter Jr. about this with the Nuggets because there were times where he would just be running up and down that court, Nate, and the the ball just wouldn't come to him. Like he wouldn't touch it for like five straight minutes because the two-man game with Jokic and Murray was working well or they just had something going on. And, you know, even Michael Porter Jr. joked in the offseason, like, his nickname is, you know, the ball doesn't leave. He gets the ball, he shoots it. Right. His, his nickname is the ball doesn't leave, he gets the ball, and he shoots <laughs> it? terrible That's nickname. a mouthful. It is such a bad Who nickname. Who nicknamed him that? No, it's funny, and they have to put that on the front of the shirt, not the back. Mm. That being said, it's, uh... <laughs> hey, got... he gets the ball, he shoots it, and the ball never leaves his hand. What's up? I haven't seen you for a while. Come on in, grab a drink. Have you ever met somebody who has a nickname they don't like and then they try to get you to stop calling him that? I I I can tell you a Bronco. Quinn Quinn Miners. Right. He, talked, he, talk, he doesn't want he doesn't want that nickname anymore. And it doesn't usually work. People still call you the thing you I don't want him to I call. I still you. call him the belly. Yeah. But he's he's making sure like for his post interview presser the other day, he put on like an extra, 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 extra large shirt. Mm. So it, there would be, you know, it's like he wow. it, it was like a drapery. You know, he was wearing. So it made sure it covered the entire belly. He's sick of being labeled. He doesn't want that label. I remember um, that dude, that running back, didn't like the nickname Muscle Hamster. Mm. Yeah. That guy. Remember him? Yeah, he was. It was like, an appropriate nickname. He hated that nickname. I had a buddy in high school who used to, like, freestyle rap and stuff and record him. And he called himself um, Snitch one time mm. because the last name was Mitch. And it rhymed with that. And, and it just lived. And everyone started calling him Snitch, like, forever after that. He's like, please stop calling me Snitch. To the point where, like, in college, he'd have buddies 
who would introduce him to their wives and their families as Snitch. They didn't even know his name was Ryan. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know a guy named Jack Nasty. Here's Russ on the joint practice. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's great to, you know, go against another great team. Um, you know, it's uh, for them to come out here and let's get that work. You know, we, we always go against each other and we make it competitive as possible. But to go against another team, um, you know, obviously I, you know, I've played the, the Rams a bunch and just been around those guys a bunch and a lot of great coaching coaches and players and everything else. But, um, you know, it's also great uh, for us players to – just wake up in the morning and know that hey, we we got we got a little competition today. Let's get after it. So that was great. How many times does he say great versus how many times does Sean Payton say great? Probably zero from Sean, and hundreds, hundreds from, from us. I asked Russ uh, neutral thinking. If is it is it more effective? Is it better for you with a practice like this or a preseason game? And do you know what his answer was? They're both great. Both. <laughs> That's what They're he both said. equally great. They're both. I'm like, I'm like, I did not see that coming. He probably wouldn't be very I, good on the radio. I didn't see both. Everything's great. Everything's great. Well, I think the practice like today, first of all, I don't know if he's even going to play on Saturday. I don't know if he should. Um, I'm not opposed to him playing if they think that there's something effective. I mean, McGlinchey hasn't played in a preseason game. Probably good for him to take a snap or two, right? You know, I would play these guys. I would, too. I would. Um, what do you I, have to lose, actually? Yeah. I mean, a player for the season, but oh, these well, are risks I mean, you take. These are that. risks you take, and, and you're always going to take these risks, and you have to weigh those with the preparation of your team for a very difficult task, and that is trying to win football games in September, which Nathaniel Hackett last year pushed that to the side. We don't. September doesn't matter. It's December, January that matter. But if you don't win get the games in September, then then December and January don't matter. And and so you have to come out hot. You got the Raiders at home. It's a division rival, and it's an opportunity to plant your flag if you're Sean Payton um, as, as the coach. So I, I think it really does matter to get these guys ready. Plus, you have two weeks to rest. You know, it, back in the old days, the fourth preseason game was like 10, you know, it was a Thursday game, but you played the next weekend, your opening game. So, yeah, you don't want to play those guys. And the third preseason game was two weeks before the regular season uh, the first season, the first game. So, I think they should play. Personally. I do. I, I do too. I think it was. Listen, the practice wasn't the worst thing in the world today, but it certainly wasn't like incredible. Now, like Sean Payton says, they do have a chance to go look at the film and make corrections. And Sean Payton said, which again, there's more things I like about Sean than I dislike. That's for sure. And he said, what matters more to him is how well do they make those corrections. Tomorrow, yeah. That will be the true test of how today went if we can correct those things tomorrow. So clearly there will be a joint practice with the Rams tomorrow. Yeah. Because I know with the world of joint practices and everything blowing up, and perhaps there was an emphasis of, you know, we really would like to work on things for two days. And the only way to get to day two is if we just kind of chill out to a little degree on day one. So maybe, especially with not many starters playing, possibly, Perhaps tomorrow is the day that, you know, things will get a little bit more chippy. Maybe. A little chippier. I mean, maybe. But what Russ needed to get out of practice today, I thought, was actually pretty good. I just don't think they performed good. However, is that simply a result of Jerry Judy putting bad mojo out there? Because he dropped so many passes today, and he got flagged for a false start, and he was just out of rhythm with the entire team. Could one player make that kind of impact? 
So could could a leader on your team, a guy that people look to to be a spark, That's when right. he comes out um, dull and he's right. moping and he makes a, a bad play off the bat, it does did that, look like he was moping too. You're right. About body, yeah, I agree. A little I bit. Agree. Does that does that kind of ripple effect for the rest of the team? Ideally, it should not, but maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit, but these guys are all trying to make their own impressions here. Yeah. And if I'm a wide receiver and I see Jerry Judy and I'm trying to make the team and I see Jerry Judy drop those balls, I'm thinking, I'm not going to be the guy to drop those passes. I'm not going to do that. But then Cortland was a little bit mopey too, a little bit. Now, he had a nice touchdown in 7-on-7, seven seven, the deep ball. Mm-hmm. He was a good route. He's wide open. But he dropped a pass, and he looked tired. So those are your two leaders in that room. Mm-hmm. They're making the most money. They have the most experience. Everyone else is looking to those guys to set the pace a do little you, bit. Do you think they were moping around because they didn't get any targets on, on uh, Saturday? No. No. That's not residual moping. No. <laughs> okay. I mean, is there, right. is there probably a, a tacit understanding that the style of play that their quarterback plays is not going to be conducive to them putting up huge numbers? Yes. You think they're figuring that are, out? Are they calling their friends or, or sending a carrier pigeon with information to take their, um, their um, you know, game over under yards and going under every time? Probably. Mm. I didn't phrase that well. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The prospects of them... Kicking butt statistically are not looking great. A week or easy, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> was Almost a was Sorry, yeah. yeah. You got to practice. Yeah. yeah. No. no, but it's, uh, but who, who knows? Because I don't know, man. It, they're trying to develop chemistry right now. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe this will come. But Russell Wilson likes to take off running. But at the same time, if you drop the pass, man, you can't blame the quarterback. No, I agree. Jerry Judy had a lot of balls his way today. Hey, man, like, uh, it's about buying, man. And one thing Michael Porter Jr. had to come to terms with. That's some nights that's going to be my role. Some nights I'm a decoy. That's just the way it goes if we care about winning it all. You know, what? it was not easy for him to buy into that. It took time. Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, probably one of the best wide receiver duos in this town, Absolutely. in the history of this town. Maybe Absolutely. the best, right? Or I would say the best. Better than DT and Emmanuel? I would say so. Wow. Well, okay. they were back-to-back Super Bowls. They got, They're more complete players. They got that. They yeah. also have back-to-back 100. I mean, uh, one season where they both caught 100 balls. I don't yep. think Emmanuel DT ever did that. Uh, they were dang close if they, they didn't. didn't but they didn't but I'm not going to argue with you. Ed and Rod, yes. My point is that yes. those guys valued run blocking. Those yes. guys valued winning. Yes. And if you talk to Rod about his career, this, like what he talks about is the number of games that I was in that we won. Not the catches I had. And he actually talks about the season when they both had 100 catches as being not a great season because they didn't win the Super Bowl. They weren't mm, a great team. Mm. Just because I got mine doesn't mean we're going to get ours. And it's better when we all win. And uh, so they have to. What sort- does it take to buy into that, though? Uh, coaches who harp on it, leaders who who show the way there. You know, so so Cortland Sutton has to go become a bully on the field, and that'll trickle down to the rest of the guys. He doesn't take advantage of his size advantage. Like, he can manhandle the DBs who are trying to you know, stop him. But he doesn't. He does, it's like he doesn't know his own strength or that he could do that to them. He doesn't try. You know, and Jerry Judy then is like, he doesn't do it. I, I don't have to do it. But Mike Shanahan would make it a, a point to teach that lesson. Like Ashley Lee, first-round pick, mm-hmm. wasn't blocking a lot. Well, we did a blocking drill in practice, and he made Ashley do it like nine times in a row over and over and over. You get the points. Hitting the, yeah, so everyone sees. This is important here. Um, this is going to be a rough night for the offense to look at film. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Tough moment. What's but it's a good one. It is, it's, a great, it's a great teachable moment. It, it, and you know Sean um, Payton's all about the teaching. You know, he says, if everyone in your class 
gets a D, you, you got to look at yourself. Right? So well, that's, that's a, an opportunity. That's a situation I would not want to be in. Relative to the players on the field. Listen. All right, because I never know what he's done. <laughs> I'm look, never. look, there's, we're going to, so there's times when, look, you got it. Well, a lot of film to cover, obviously. Obviously. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's not obviously, it's obviously. Obviously. Situationally. Situation. He's a fantastic coach, though. He is a fantastic. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. And so it might not look great this year, but it's going to look great in three, four years. I Do th- we have the patience for that? I think the magic number is actually three. I think that's it. I think this is a, I think by the end of this year, folks, fans, if you can hang in there for it, if you can, if you can hang in there, I think by close to the end of the second season, you're, you're going to find what the truth is. And I think I really do believe in that third season, if, if everybody can stay healthy and hang in there, I think you could see something. I think one of two things. I think you're going to see something special, which in, could include a, an appearance in the Super Bowl. In year three? three years, in, in year three. A lot of coaches do it in year three. Mike Shanahan did it in year three. Yeah. Or you probably need to just move on to the from, next thing. From Sean Payton? Probably. If he doesn't make the Super Bowl in three years. I think so, yeah. Come on, don't be silly, D-Mac. Come so. on, come on. That's a bridge too far. I don't know, man. 59 years old, making $20 million per. After three years, $60 million in the bank. Are you kidding me? And man? you didn't get there? I mean, if you... He's in this thing for the long haul. I think it's about a 10-year deal. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Don't you think if Russell Wilson doesn't... Okay, here's the thing. Russell's got a couple years to impress. Russell's got two years. But if if it isn't Russell, he's going to want to develop a guy. He He wants to mold the lump of clay. Maybe he wanted to somewhere in his life, but I don't know if he wants to do that at age 62. Why? He doesn't look... He he's, wears Jordans, man. He's not old. Um, he, he, got, he gave a, himself a buzz cut. This okay. guy, this guy's young. All right. He wants to do this for 10 more years. I think he wants to do something. I think he wants to stay busy. I think he wants to do something. You think he wanna, wants to put his fox hat back on? Uh, it'll be awful tempting. And let me tell you, he will easily... I mean, ease. He will glide back into that opportunity. He'll have people lining up. Then for why him didn't to do he that. stay there? It's a great. He loved it so much. It's a great question. No, he has the itch to be in control All like right. this. Right. You know, you're in. You're working for Fox. You're not. You're not the man. You're not in control. You're not the boss. There's executives who are pulling the strings. This guy has control of this whole operation. Yeah, but He's, like, will it kill you? Will it eat away at you? You know, if you, like if you continue to lose, yeah. I mean, just with the, is the pressure that you put on yourself so overwhelming? I'm again, I'm watching Swamp Kings, the Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, you know, love fest. And the one thing about Urban Meyer, and he's a coach on the edge, no doubt about it. But it's that famous story of they just won a national championship, and he's texting recruits in his office. You know, it's yeah. one of those deals. Yeah, like it just was more pressure, more pressure, more pressure. I mean, they won two championships in his first uh, four years. Two in his first four years and competed for another one, right down to the SEC championship. And Tebow thought he was going to have three national championships in four years. It was like that. Tebow won two in three years. And then in his senior year, it was it was right there. I mean, he they were undefeated. Alabama was undefeated. SEC championship, and they lost. 
And watching this thing, I'm like, holy cow, these guys, the candle, it's it doesn't just burn on both ends. It's like a you know, once upon a time Hollywood flamethrower, Leonardo DiCaprio taking care of the, you know, the psychos in the pool. That's what's happened at both ends. Well, Sean Payton, though, was in New Orleans for 16 years. Doesn't that give you a little pause when you're, when you're you know, floating this theory that he's going to be out in three if it doesn't work out? Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But right now, to me, it sets up nicely for a three-year run. And three I think that's, I th- I, well, that's, that's, that's how I'm seeing it. Right. Russ turns 35 in November. Mm-hmm. I know he wants to play like he's Methuselah into his 90s, but he probably has 35, four good years left. I don't think he's got the, the, the lasting power of Aaron Rodgers and, and Peyton Manning. I don't. And you think Sean Payton's like, when Russ goes, I'm out of here. That's a great, I'm not sure. No. I'm not sure absolutely about that. Absolutely not. I right, well, let's talk about, you know, where Peyton and Russ are combined together. Because I think that's really interesting. And you you keep seeing where that boiling point points is happening with their relationship. And I'd love to get your opinion about what you saw from Sean McVay and his quarterback situation. This is The Drive on the Fan. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents The Drive. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. Those rainbows in my mind when I think of you sometime, and I want to spend some time with you. Just the two of us, we can make it if we try. Just the two of us, just the two of us, just the two of us, Russ and Peyton. That's right, castles in the sky. Just the two of us, Russ, you and Russ, you want to come over for. No cocktail or I don't drink, Coach. Beer or a mo- how about a mocktail? I'd prefer a mocktail. Would you mind drinking my own branded mocktail? It's the House of R- LRNC. It's the Good Man brand. It's the Good Man brand. Yeah, it's a Good Man brand whiskey. It, it tastes like soda pop. Oh wait, it's a Coke. What do you think, uh, Coach Payton's drink of choice is? Oh man, something something dirty. Something like martini? Old. Ah, that's too. That's or, or some whiskey. Too, yeah, yeah. We're going with something just. Uh, Maybe a vodka soda guy. Or no, that's Sean McVay. Yeah, oh no. Sean McVay's clean living. He's vodka soda. He's, yeah, yeah. He's like, if it's, no calories. The clearer it is, the less calories. Give me that. Michelob Ultra. Plus, he's putting a Red Bull in everything. Yeah, that's true. It's not always putting in everything. I'm sorry, what? What? Let's go! What do you think the relationship is with uh, Russ and Peyton right now? I think it's pretty good. I think Russ is... How honest do you think it is? What well, has to be very honest. Now, about what Sean Payton thinks of Russell, not honest. But how he's digesting his system, honest. Wait, what do you mean what he thinks of Russell? Well, the big honest. picture, right? Like, you, you, you have the reputation of Russell Wilson, and then you have what you actually see of him. So... Any coach taking over for a guy who's the fastest QB ever to 100 wins, nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, a guy who has as many skins on the wall as Russell does, is got to be an enticing thing for a coach. But then you get there and you and you see when the rubber meets the road with your system and how he's digesting it, and you know every system is different, every team is different. Then you form a different opinion. And are you sharing that with him? No, you're sharing that with your coaches upstairs when you're looking at film. But are you coaching him up and telling him his straight, like what he's doing right and wrong? 
Yeah, you are. You have to be if you want him to play as best as he can. What did you see Russ missing on today? Nothing. Really? I didn't. Now, okay. then again, I was. I didn't see every single play. I saw him throwing the ball very hard, and I saw some guys dropping passes because of the velocity. So Russell gets up for moments like this. Mm. He's excited about it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't lacking energy, was he? No. No, he never is. Right. And so that's, that's what I'm saying is issue. that ball was jumping on these receivers maybe a little more than on, on an average day. I'll, I'll give Russell Wilson some praise. That dude, your guy KJ, he never gives off poor body language. I mean, like, ever. It's actually really impressive. He is always into everything. He is always encouraging. He doesn't snap at his guys either, which may be, like, you know, good and bad. Hey! You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's no... Oh, Jerry, and then Jerry, he, Jerry, come on. You know? It, that's what it was today. It, that's like almost exactly what it was. He kind of went over to him, kind of, you know, patted him on the, you know... On the side a little bit, you well, know, had well, a little word, like, as they got into the huddle. That's exactly what happened. What would Peyton Manning have said to Jerry Judy? Would he have said anything different? He would have, I think he would have been more um, visible physically at the moment it's happening. And I don't think he would have walked over to him. I think he would have pointed or said something. It had been, it had been clear. Yeah, that wasn't, it would have sounded a lot like this. You like catching footballs for a living? <laughs> Act like it. <laughs> well, listen, man, at least he'd be talking to you. Like, Peyton just decided not to ever talk to Cody Latimer again, and I guess that was it. Mm. You know, but Peyton loved Andre Bubba Caldwell. Loved him. And, you know, Bubba didn't, I mean, it kept Bubba around, ain't no doubt about it. Jake Plummer was there today signing autographs. I saw that. He looks fantastic. I spoke with him after. How's he doing? He's good. He's but, such a great guy. But he is a positive leader. Yes. He's not a guy who's going to tell you you're an idiot for dropping a ball and you can't ever do that again. Yeah, but what do you say? Come on, let's go. And, uh, yeah, sort of, of a, like, hey, that's, that's, come on. Listen, come on, let's go. Yeah. Something like that. Come on, let's go. I mean, I saw Peyton bark out Jacob Tammy doing a walkthrough because Tammy just sort of lost concept. Walkthrough. So but Dave, there is like this thing where we compare, and I, and I just did it, so it's, I'm, I'm breaking the rule, but where we compare everything to Peyton Manning because he came in here and was like, you know, like a unicorn. Not a, he, was, he, was, he wasn't he was even a unicorn. I can go back further if you want. I, I, I was lucky enough to cover Jim Kelly. I'll tell you what that was like. Tell me. Like he would get after guys. But he was also the guy that but hosted. didn't he have you over to his house? He had everybody over to his house. Nice. He would also host the party. He different was, time. Well, having me over the house is definitely a different time. But like, what would you do if Russell invited you over, D-Mac? To his house, I definitely would not go. What are you talking about? You would go. I would not go. If you were invited to Russell Wilson's house, you'd go. I would definitely not go. Why? Because I don't You don't want to blur the lines? That correct. Mm. Correct. What about if Sean Payton, if he invited you? If he invited you over for a latte? Sean would be trickier because I think there's some, there's some insight you could gain from developing a relationship with a coach. And not with Russ? You could you could be the guy to get him. Yeah, there you're fair. No, 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 no. You know what? You're fair. You're you're right. I wouldn't go to either. You're right. I wouldn't go to either. You're right. But I I'd, I'd, I'd be at a party at his house. Sean Payton. I'd go out. To, you. I'd go out to lunch with him though. I would. I would go out and have a you know more of a like you know I'd love I'd love to get to know both guys better. I'm not gonna lie. I would love to get to know both guys better. But I think it's a tricky line. Like Colin, how do you take anything Colin Coward says about Sean Payton seriously? Serious. I mean, they're drinking buddies. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Colin. I'm I'm sure you're great at other things, but I, I don't know where to go with you when you're espousing opinions about Sean Payton and then 
you know, vis-a-vis Russell Wilson. <laughs> right. Well, what like, where did you learn this? Like, in the second bottle of wine, the cigar, <laughs> right. when right. you went to Scotch, when you when you took an Uber to the next place after that? Where did where did you get this in? Hey, man, I just keep it real. Like, I was pretty friendly with you back when you were playing. I thought we were, you know, friendly enough. We're bros. <laughs> I thought so. I mean, it was kind of... So, I, when, whenever it came to Nate Jackson, you know, I was like, oh, Nate's a good dude. I'm not going to rip on my guy, you know, that sort of thing. So it would probably make me a little biased about it. I don't think there's Were you any- tempted to rip on me? No, because every year was like, are you you're still here? That's awesome. Man, that's great. Or we want what do you, what, them to throw what you involved more. That? Exactly. Right. You know, get you involved with stuff more. Whatever, d I know. You don't get it. I'll tell you what happened. I'll give you a real story. Are these all, all these other ones fake? Yeah, I lied about everything, basically. <laughs> that's when, like, someone says... <laughs> you want to know the truth, or no, no, no. I'm going to be honest with you. Lie to me. Uh, oh, oh, is everything before this a lie? Okay, yeah, be honest with me. Tell me a real story, D-Mac. <laughs> I will. Someone's yeah. lying to you. Coming up next. It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Written in these walls are the stories that I can't explain. Open, but it stays right here empty for days. Mm, man, I like it. I like the vibe. I like it, man. <laughs> so you like Justin Timberlake and Adam Levine and uh, what is this, One Direction or something? <laughs> Dude, look at you. So do you listen to this stuff on your own, KJ, or are you just doing it for DMAC? From time to time, I'm all. Right. Well, you, uh, like you have an eclectic iPod. Do you even have an iPod? It's got streaming now. Yeah, an iPhone. These phones, man, they, they sure are... Multi-use. I hate that you can't look, listen to music anymore without your phone. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have your phone to listen to music. I still have CDs. I carry around a record player. Super awkward, because you plug the cord in, you get on your bike, and it's just... I mean, it goes all right for about a mile. Record always skips. It's a problem. The story of my life. What is the story of your life, T-Mac? One freaking day at a time. With a lot of looking around like, damn, I did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not I did it. <laughs> I made it. Definitely not that. Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Oh, no, no. That is definitely, yeah, no. You make me laugh. Uh, 303-713-1043. Hey, DMAC, what is... What if Emmanuel Sanders invited you over to his house, Chris from Lafayette? Well, that would be wonderful. He hasn't, but I would go over to Emmanuel's house. He's got a lovely wife and kids and the whole thing, and uh, I'm friendly with Emmanuel now and uh, hopefully friends. I, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. I consider him a friend. You do? I do, because we've had multiple conversations just sort of, you know, uh, via text and on the phone, just okay. off the air. Just, okay. you know, a bunch of them. Why don't you invite him over to your house? I feel, you know, my wife just doesn't Why want Why don't it. you have a party and invite Sean Payton, yeah. invite Russell Wilson, yeah. invite Dana Sanders, yeah. invite everybody? Yeah, my my wife just, she doesn't want anybody over. You know, she, the house is never, you know, like, clean enough. Yeah, it really does suck to have company because you got to do so much. Dude. If like, I, oh, your house looks great. Nah. She was away for a couple days and I had somebody over and she freaked out about it. Because I left a light on in a room, and I forgot to turn the stupid light off in the basement. I forgot about it. So she's like, how's that light on? She's like, somebody broke in the house. I'm like, eh. How long has the light been on? Maybe three days. 
Wow. Yeah, I know. You didn't go down there for three no. days? No. I got to get out of my house, dude. I got these these rooms and houses, you know, in this houses. How house. big is your house? It's it's too big. How big? Ah, uh, you know. Oh, you know. It's, uh, you want me to be honest with you? It's 40,000 square feet. That's what Shanny's. Adam Gase I got to be friends with and it made me impossible to, like, sort of have a, a unbiased opinion with, with Adam Gase. Which so, I, why, so why'd you allow yourself to do that? Because I've heard you talk about this relationship a lot. Um, you seem like a guy who's like a straight shooter. You call it how it is. Why would you allow yourself to be influenced by a personal relationship? Uh, you get it's flattering. I think when mm. the athlete or the coach, you know, he likes me. Kind of, it's it's sort he of like I'm smart. It becomes like that, and this is during the Tebow sort of time when it was sort of magical. And uh, Gase was a fan of the show, and I mean, this is like 12 years ago, but you know, it was just one of those deals. Yeah. And uh, but we're not that close because he just came back here to town. I never heard from him. <laughs> Did you expect him to hit you up when he was in town? Like, hey, let's get together for a drink. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been the craziest thing. It would not have been the craziest thing. But it didn't happen. It's all it's all good. I like think, Adam. Do you think Sean Payton's a fan of the show? I think he's aware of it. Yeah, okay. I know Greg Penner's aware of it. Okay, aware um, that the show exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think they, they keep tabs of things. Oh, they certainly do. This show, what this is, and it's flattering, and I appreciate it, is kind of the daily report card. So I know for a fact it's on in a lot of the offices at the building. It's kind of like, how'd we do today? And you can sort of, you know, see how you did. Because, you you know, have guys talking about it for the past 15 years. All right, well, what about this? When, you know, the sound from a couple of days ago when Sean Payton's, like, talking to the muggles, and he's like, hey, you, you know, you guys see something, but... You don't see it right, and I'm not going to correct it. You don't know what you're seeing here. I love that. Okay, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not their responsibility to tell us what to look for. So that's, why that's, do you that's think they job. would care about your report card? Um, well, it depends if things are going well or if things are going poorly, because there's oftentimes a lot of infighting inside of the building. There's a lot of like I told you so, or I I, I knew that, or sometimes there's like how did they know that? Like who's talking? Who's the leak? You know, that's that kind of uh, paranoia about stuff. Because, you know, certain things are great. I mean, when things are going great, people like hearing good things. And there's plenty of good things to say. I like Sean Payton. I do. I like his style. I like his rhythm with things. I thought today was a good, solid practice. I just think the team is a couple of years away from doing something special. But I don't know how else you get there, Nate, unless you put this kind of work in. I don't know how you do it. It's not a light switch. So I think that's a compliment. Let me tell you, over the past, like, seven years, forget that. It was just a downward spiral of misery with no, really no light at the end of the tunnel. Let's be serious, though. There was always optimism going into the season every year. This could be it. Not last year. Yes, there was. Two years ago. Sorry. In Fangio's third year, there was not. Fangio, to me, was a waste of time. I had no idea why Wait, he... the, te- the Teddy versus Drew competition didn't inspire you no, to make you feel that, that they found their le- leader of the future? You know, I'll tell you where, where, where it's going to be miserable. Tampa is going to have a miserable season. Why? It's like, well, Baker Mayfield just won the competition. When you go... Number one pick? <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be a disaster in Tampa. I get, if I had to bet on some teams that are going to have disaster seasons, top of my list would be Tampa. Because it's just not the way to get ready for a season, to have a competition at quarterback leading up to two weeks before the season. There's just way too much that you got to get done, in my opinion. Unless you just don't have a guy because your guy just retired, well, the greatest you, of all time. And if you don't, yeah, have, how do you fill that void immediately? You don't. You got to build back up. You're right. You don't. And, but everybody feels the pressure to do that. 
to build it back up, and it's virtually impossible. The void has existed here since Peyton Manning left the building. Ain't no doubt about it. That's why it was such a mistake to let Brock Osweiler go. Such a mistake. One of two things. Nate, beg Peyton to come back for a fifth year. I mean, do whatever you possibly His body was absolutely done. I got it. Or, I'll give you the or, sign Brock Osweiler, who had been in uh, mentorship even though Peyton, sometimes it didn't even look like Peyton talked to Brock, but he was much—he seemed much friendlier with with Trevor Simeon. But sign Brock during the season, make it clear what's about to happen. You know, if it's that clear, and sure, that might have ticked off Peyton. And if it did tick him off, and you didn't want to do it during the regular season, okay. But like, get to it as soon as the season's over, which would have been a high priority because of the Super Bowl. But they did neither of those things. It alienated Brock. It made them desperate, which ended up drafting Paxton Lynch, which ended up, here we are. Here we are. And it really is as simple as that. And when they could have corrected it and drafted Josh Allen, Nate, they took Bradley Chubb. So they had, and a couple years ago, when you could have had Justin Fields, you just passed on all of it. But you're admitting that coaching matters when it comes to a quarterback's performance, right? (sighs) Don't have you sign that. Because you're yes. assuming Sean yes. Payton's going to get more out of Russell Wilson than Nathaniel Hackett did, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, you you are correct. You, yes, you are right. So it's not just about the quarterback that you get here. It's about the system around him, the coach, who's coaching him, the coaches that are coaching him, the defense, well, the running game. What are we, game. What are we talk, are we talking winning games or winning a championship? D- don't you have to win games to win a championship? Yeah, but, so but let's start you, with you, winning a lot games. of teams, a lot of te- like the Broncos got into the playoffs a couple years in a row Nate, and, well, weren't you on the teams that got destroyed by the Colts? Yeah. So where were you guys there? You were good enough to make the playoffs, but you just got eviscerated by the Colts. Yeah, and then we and then we got better, and we became, got to 13-3 and to the AFC Championship. We were working towards that, and then the team got dismantled by a change at quarterback. They actually followed your philosophy in quarterback play. It did. So that's what dismantled our entire team was following your advice. Nah, but my advice wouldn't be to fire that coach. If you're going to make No, your advice would be to replace Jake Plummer with a new shiny toy and that's Jay Cutler. And when we did that, you were the one banging the drum. Hey, coach, when are we <laughs> When are we going to see Josh? I mean, Jay Cutler? Those are weird times, man. I'm not going to lie, man. That was that was odd stuff. Yeah. Cuz Jake is such a good dude. You're in the AFC Championship game. You got a winning record and you're benching him. Which Mike has admitted was a mistake. He said it. He said it multiple times. Yeah. Actually, I don't think it's a good example you just brought up. I think this team. Like, can... Let me give you. Let me give you a what if though, really quick. What 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 if? What if Mike didn't get fired for Josh McDaniels? Yeah, and you just kept rolling with Cutler. Yeah, I mean, what was going to happen? Would Jay ever win you a Super Bowl? <sighs> no. However, you would have been pretty competitive. You'd be in the playoffs. But you're right about that because you were you were circling a strange drain because you had the wrong dude. He was just the, he was not the right type of leader. He he was never going to win you a championship. He was just a pretty good quarterback, but he was the wrong type of leader. So you're not wrong about that. You got to be careful when you mess with the chemistry of something that's technically working, and and also the idea that if you're not if you didn't win the Super Bowl, that there's you got a bunch of things wrong, and you have to change them. I don't really agree with that. You, you could be working in the right direction, like you know, are the do the Lions need to tweak a bunch of stuff now? 
based on what they did last year, they do not. That's and you right. can follow the same track because they're on to something. Can the track of Sean Payne and Russell Wilson, can it, can it work together? In the immortal words of Gary Kubiak. When I asked him, fixing to find out. When I asked him about the identity of the offensive line in twenty to fifteen, we are fixing to find out. That is where that comes from. But that was one of the most. Oh, you asked lines. him that? The, the literal. I can tell you the story in ten seconds. I was writing an article for Mile High Sports Magazine, a cover story, and it was about who is this offensive line twenty fifteen? What is their identity? Because it was a bunch of mishmash misfits from the get go. <laughs> And I interviewed all of them, and it was crazy because it was hard to say what was going on. Took a great cover photo of all the guys, like, in a huddle looking down. Really nice job by Mile High Sports on this. And I asked Kubiak what the identity of his offensive line was in training camp. And he goes, we're fixing to find out. And it was just, it's it's such an iconic line for... We're fixing to find out. That's it. That was, that was, the, that was the question, and that was the answer. He used and, to say that to us all the time. Well, he, the way he said it, that makes sense. Yeah. That he that was just one of his lines, yeah. right? Yeah. When he wasn't really sure what the heck was going on. Yeah. And that was the offensive line. Yeah. We're fixing to find out. Fixing to find out. Football Force next.